you're a fucking idiot. Your Prius does have a tailpipe, and I could go and fuck it right now. <laughs> Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Sick and Wrong. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. Scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. And I'm Harrison. So Harrison, uh, as I was mentioning before to our loyal Twitch viewers, um, we're recording early this week. I'm actually yeah. going out of town to uh, Palm Springs. Ooh, I'm going out to sound Palm Springs Palm to Springs. the opera. Sounds so posh. Mm. Um, now I'm going to Palm you Springs for... You at the uh, Ace Hotel or whatever all the Kip kids stay or whatever? No, I'm staying at this one that's okay. called the Bear Cave for some okay. reason. It's clothing mm. optional. Mm. I don't know. Sounds interesting. Is it really? Um, no, I'm joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> there is a hotel oh. called the Bear Cave, and that is clothing optional. Oh, okay. That I'm pretty much 100% sure is really gay. Is it actually like a cave? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. There, I guess if I, I've heard from people, if you if uh, the hotel says clothing optional, it's a bunch of bears, okay. like gay, big, hairy men. Um, it could be like the remember like when Fozzie Bear um, quit the Muppet Show and then went to live in a cave with actual bears. Is that when he came out and started fisting other Muppets? Yeah, he was was fisting Sam the Eagle (laughs) in front of an audience of voyeur bears. Gonzo started crying Uh, and then took a really long shower and there's all this blood coming out of his anus. Yeah, Skeeter. It was one of the saddest parts of Muppet Takes Manhattan. (laughs) Skeeter loves poppers. You know, who knew? I had no, I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, 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 I guess yeah, one trip so. to Palm Springs, you'll find that out. Yeah. Um, my brother said, if, if it says clothing optional at the hotel, don't stay there. Okay. Unless you are into that kind of thing. Mm. But I'm not going down there for that. I'm actually going down there because uh, Wackerly's wife is turning 40. And uh, Wackerly invited me down for the weekend, which I was surprised about because Wackerly never invites me to these type of events. Yeah, yeah. I think he's, you know what I think it is? I, I, I suspect the same thing with P-Town. I think they're embarrassed okay. to hang out with me. Like maybe I'm going to say something embarrassing. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Mm. Maybe it's my my brusque personality. I don't know. Maybe you'll urinate on appliances. But that was a long time ago. Mm. I, you know. But I think you know part of it is they Wackerly and P Town. They have their like professional married friends mm. that they hang out with, and I'm not. You know, I'm just kind of like this unmarried friend of theirs from college. Yeah. That still hasn't really progressed much in life, okay. maybe. Yeah. And so maybe it's like when they're hanging out with just me solo, it's totally cool. Or with our old friends, it's totally cool. But when they're hanging out with their new friends, you know, or neighbors, that, that maybe it's just a weird, uh, a weird mix or something. I'm not sure. Maybe they're afraid that if they hang out with you too much, they'll be obligated to visit you in the hospital after your suicide attempt. That could be. That's probably. That, that could that's be. Probably, Is that yeah. why your friends don't hang out with you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking they're apprehensive that I'm going to say something yeah. embarrassing about the past oh. and bring up some old joke or something, mm. you know, or, or bring up some comment from sick and wrong. And it's like, but, but, you know, I don't know, maybe Wackerly, actually, maybe it's just Wackerly and his wife and no other, none of their other friends. And they're just like, well, you know, D's right over here in LA, not mm. that far from Palm Springs. He'll come out. But, sure. I don't know. I, I'm interested to see. Yeah, oh, uh, okay. me and my girlfriend. Be, be like a 
Yeah, would that be odd? You for a menage a trois? Yeah. <laughs> Just me, yeah. Wackerly, and his wife for a weekend. Yeah. I would think something was weird. Yeah. You know, I actually think it's probably a big party. But we'll, we'll find out about that. But anyway, moving on. Uh, Harrison, I got to ask you a question. Yeah. Why are you so lukewarm on the alien con thing? I, I'm fine. I'm, I'll go. You were totally lukewarm. Oh. I like sent you a message. I'm like, yeah. hey, trying to get press passes for Alien Con. No answer. Oh. And then yeah, then you show up today. I'm like, hey, did you get the Alien Con? You're like, yeah, I guess. I've been planning <laughs> other trips. So I'm, you know, I, I, did, do you I'm want to go to going it? to an alien convention at the end of the month. Is that too many alien conventions it in one month? It might be. It would be it's two like, alien conventions in the course of two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Back-to-back yeah, yeah. alien cons. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Are you alien so like... so much a man could take. Like, is it too much... A- yeah. Are you, like, just exhausted with aliens? Like, overcome with aliens? Have you talked to alien people? Not, well, I guess. I mean, yeah. we will be talking to an alien person very soon. Yeah. Um, um, you know, it can... It can uh, be it tiring. Can be a lot. It could be a lot. For two week, two straight weeks, it could be quite a, quite a lot. Well, the alien con thing is more like an LA type of con. Like, yeah. uh, like David Duchovny's there, mm. Sean Astin is there, a bunch of people from the original Lost in Space. It's like a real con thing. Oh. But the one that you're going to in New Mexico, it's on an Apache reservation, yeah. above a secret, possibly imaginary uh, U.S. Air Force base where um, gray aliens, reptilians, and humans work side by side to develop new technologies. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't think you're going to have, like, someone from the next generation yeah, signing not, autographs. No, you know? I don't think Worf is going to be yeah. there. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. yeah, you're going to have, like, the real, like, people wearing tinfoil hats. Yeah. The real alien people who have seen, like, the guy, remember the guy we interviewed that, like, killed a bunch of aliens with a samurai sword? Oh, yeah. That guy's probably going to be gonna there. He's going to be there, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, that that I could see being somewhat exhausting. And you're dealing be, like, with that all weekend. retired army colonels who have gone insane. Wow. Or is there a guest speaker? So are you going to pull them. like a whole fear and loathing thing? Just like, just hot, get all hopped up on like uh, black beauties and uh, <laughs> cocaine and bennies? Um, I might. I don't know. I'm trying just to go trying there. To, just trying like, to keep that shit on a, like Hunter you know, S. Thompson. Trying to keep that shit locked down these days, you know? Well, good so, thing I'm not going with you. Because yeah. I'd have to release the inner, the inner Thompson. Yeah. The inner Hunter S. Um, but yeah, th- this alien con thing should be interesting. I, uh, no, I'm definitely down. It's, like, it's expensive. It's like 60 bucks uh, per person. And so I, I saw that they had press, like yeah. uh, a press a press thing. So I contacted them like, hey, you know, we do this uh, world famous, internationally renowned podcast. Um, you know, thousands of weekly downloads, devoted fo- like viewers, yeah. you know, and listeners like across the world. And uh, we'd like to cover alien con this year. And so I sent them the stats and uh, sent them a couple links to some uh, some uh, YouTube videos and yeah. interviews that we've done, and I haven't heard back. Okay, but surprisingly, um, I don't know. You know, I didn't I didn't include well, a link in. to the I website. I don't know if I paid so. the money, the sixty dollars. No, I'm not doing yeah, that. Yeah, okay. But if we if we get in, I mean, it might be kind of cool. You get to go. Uh, I think we get to go backstage. Yep. You'll get to meet, uh, there's a hot girl now. You get to have sex with David Duchovny, I'm pretty sure. A hand job. With the price of admission. Well, it depends. If you're yeah. paying VIP, okay. then sex. But yeah. uh, you'll probably get a hand job. What were you saying? There's a hot girl or something? Yeah, did you see that girl in uh, Lost in Space? I think um, she's like uh, the African-American actress. Oh, I forget yes. her name. Yeah, I believe I know who you're talking about. I think about, she's yeah. going to be there. Okay. Yeah, she's hot. All right. What does she have to do with UFOs? What do these people have to do with well, UFOs? She's in fucking Netflix's Lost in Space. <sighs> That's not a you know, come it's on. It's not a thing. <laughs> no, I want like, you know, 
you know. You want David Huggins. Who's that? The guy from Love and Saucers. Oh, yeah. No, you I want do. that guy. I want. <laughs> <laughs> just, it was a while we did that interview. Uh, David well, Icke. I did the you interview. You did, did the interview. Let's not even get into that. All right. I'm not in the mood right now. Not in the mood. All right. I set it up, though. You did, yeah, actually. Yeah, actually, yeah. and, uh, and yeah. we're, they're a good lean yeah. in there. But yeah. David Icke would be great. David I, Icke would be great. I'm surprised he's not. They didn't pay that guy to come out. Yeah. Boy. But I want, like, I like to go to conventions where, like, everybody there looks like they're about to shoot John Lennon. Yeah. Those are the kinds of well, conventions I like to go to. The one in New Mexico is going to be like that oh, for yeah. sure. It's going to be great. Um, you know who's going to be at this one is uh, that guy from the Aliens meme. You know, the guy with his hands doing oh, that. Oh, the Ancient Aliens guy. Yeah. Giorgio yeah. uh, Sucalos or whatever. God, he's Sucalos. made a fucking living off of that shit, man. Dude, he's a living meme. That yeah. guy's like, yeah, that's, a, that's what you need to do. Mm. You need to become a meme somehow. Okay. Like, we'll figure that out. Mm. Suicide guy or something. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we were talking about this before just now. Uh, Love and Saucers, great documentary. Amazing. Uh, amazing documentary. Mm. You can check it out on uh, Hulu. And uh, I believe it's uh, streaming on a bunch of different platforms. It was the story of David Huggins, an unassuming 72-year-old man who claims to have had a lifetime of sexual encounters with otherworldly beings including an interspecies romance with an E.T. woman whom he lost his virginity to. Right. And the best thing about all this is uh, the guy chronicled it all in these like surreal, like impressionist paintings. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, b- bizarre. My, my favorite part, I think my favorite part in the documentary was uh, the part where like she actually went on to bore, bear his children alien human hybrids yes yeah, like 60 alien yeah. human hybrids and it but it's like they didn't know how to take care of them they're like the babies are dying nah, what are we supposed yeah. to do we don't know and he's like you gotta feed them you idiots yeah he breastfed and them like, and then they just like right. came back to life yeah <laughs> uh, but you know actually we talk about that in the yeah. interview um so anyway uh harrison actually set this up harrison contacted uh, director brad abrahams and uh the artist himself david huggins you reached out to him and uh brad was like well David's not going to come on the show by himself. Right. Because of some negative experience or something. And we he get probably this. probably went on like a morning zoo, like where they're playing fart noises. Like and alien, like, like sex noises yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like, you know, the close encounters theme yeah. and like a, and like porn chicks. Yeah. Um, that's a good idea. Actually, I should have done that. But anyway, that's the one thing about the name of this show. The name of this program, Sick and Wrong. When people see this, like, like a 72-year-old guy who paints you know, himself having sex with aliens. Yeah. Is he sick and wrong? That's what they think. Like, it's going to be a bunch of assholes that come out and, and, and play like fart noises and yeah. sex noises. And, 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 pretty, and it, it could be, that could be farther, like further from the truth. I mean, that's the thing. When we get somebody on the show, we're respectful because we actually want to talk to them. It's true. We're not going to Yeah, we, we like to talk to, all, all, you know, all sorts of extraordinary people. And it doesn't work if we're like fucking douches yeah. about it. You know what I mean? I mean, we might, that's the thing. It's like, I might not like the person. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of Rotundo that we had on a few Rotundo, weeks ago. Yeah, was, However, yeah. you know, I'm respectful. And, it's, yeah. and the guy, you know, the guy's a guest on our show. We're objective journalists. We like to let exactly. the audience make up their minds. Also, what was great about those paintings is that whenever he's fucking the alien, there's the mantis alien in the corner the watching. Bed, just watching. Yeah, just watching. That would be you. That would be me. <laughs> that would totally be me. So uh, director Brad Abrahams was like, I can get David to come on with me. So Harrison set it up, but unfortunately, because this guy is like 72 and he's all the way on the East Coast, it was at like 8 a.m. on like a Tuesday. Yeah. 
So I get up to go do it. I'm fucking calling you, texting you. And I don't know, I don't know if your phone shut off, you My slept to your alarm or something. I, I was drunk. So yes. I ended up doing the interview myself, but it was fascinating. A really cool documentary. I highly recommend it. But it Whenever was in- I'm involved in an interview, people get mad anyway, so it's fine. That would have been good, though. I mean, because you were excited about Harrison this, so I felt bad. I questions during the interview. <laughs> You know. Well, you were excited about this one, and was, it was cool. Yeah. And you yeah. posted this one that you I got. So it, yeah, it bummed out. It bummed me out that day, but it, it still worked, mm. and uh, we ended up getting it. So here, here let's uh, let's play the interview here with uh, Brad Abrahams and uh, David Huggins from Love and Saucers. We have the director, Brad Abrahams, and the artist himself, uh, David Huggins. How how are you guys doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. Yeah, excellent here in in rainy Florida. (laughs) It's actually, believe it or not, it's raining in Los Angeles, too, which is very rare. Um, but that, thank you guys for being on the show this morning. I, I gotta say, I, I saw the, uh, the documentary last night, loved it. And, uh, and David, my girlfriend loves your paintings. She actually oh, was, wonderful. yeah, she, she was like, I wonder if he ever exhibits in, uh, LA. Um, oh, actually, do, do you? um, yeah, he, in, um, the beginning of June, I'll get you the exact date. I think it's like June 5th. Uh, or eighth, actually, there in Burbank, there's going to be an exhibit called "We Are Not Alone," and it's at Hyena Gallery, and it's about the abductee experience. And Dave, there'll be a few of David's prints and some DVDs and, and posters from the film. Oh my God. She's gonna freak out. Yeah. She, she, I gotta say, David, <laughs> she loves your artwork. Um, you know, that's a really cool gallery, actually, in Hyena. I know the owner. Um, go to, I go to a lot oh. of his uh, showings. It's a good location, but it's a really cool place. He has all sorts of cool uh, mm-hmm. um, art and uh, and and uh, other stuff on sale there. Um, but yeah, good spot for that. All right, so uh, Brad, how did you come across David's art, and what inspired you to make this documentary? Like, what what gave you the idea? Well, um. I, I heard of him before I saw his art, and it was some years ago, maybe five or six years ago. I I heard him, his story mentioned sort of dismissively and briefly in an interview about, like a radio show interview about the, the abductee experience. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned David's story as something that was like too out there or ridiculous for them to, to touch upon. Um, and I found that, you know, uh, a little humorous. <laughs> and... And thought, well, if, if it's too ridiculous for them to to cover, then it's something that I definitely want to. You know, as like a <laughs> filmmaker and storyteller, I want to like look more into. Is this is this story real? Is this guy real? What's he like? And um, I found out, uh, unfortunately, that that David had almost no online presence. He doesn't really use the internet, especially back then. So I had to track him down through a neighbor of his who had had done a photo book of his paintings for a year or two. Wow. And she gave me his home phone number. Um, I called him and, and the rest is history. But when I, when I finally actually did see the paintings, um, I found them, uh, they were, they were, you know, more than I expected them to be. Um, cause when you hear like outsider art and, you know, yeah. and paintings, you, you don't expect them to be great. But when I saw these, they're beautiful and cinematic and, and weird and, um, arresting you know i i you can imagine each one almost as like a scene 
in a movie. So that even, you know, paired with David's story and just how down to earth he comes across when you meet him or talk with him, um, it created such a great uh, mix of ingredients for a film. Well, that, that's kind of one of the things I loved about the documentary is the paintings did tell a story. And you used it that way when you're explaining David's story, explaining his experiences. Each painting actually kind of almost was like a storyboard. It was, yeah, it was, it was really quite impressed with that. Um, so how, so then you contacted David, David, what did you think when Brad reached out and called you on the phone about doing a well, movie about your art? Well, we talked for a little while, then I invited him to come over and he, we set up a date and he came over and he, uh, saw the paintings and, uh, he had set up cameras and lights and everything. And we started shooting. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, let's see that kind of that kind of makes sense. Um, and so, when uh, as you're learning more about the story, Brad, were you did did it change the direction of the narrative, or did you know like this is the, this is exactly where I was going to go with it? Yeah, uh, at first I thought um, I would do like recreations of the sort of the key um, encounters in the film, but pretty pretty shortly after the first filming with David, I realized that wasn't the way to go. Like the paintings are, are incredible on their own to tell the story and it doesn't need any sort of embellishment. And often, you know, honestly, those recreations are pretty cheesy unless you have a big budget. Um, and, and partly just because David comes across so um, honest and matter of fact in the film, I felt like embellishing that um, would flip it in the wrong direction. It, it would be sort of less documentary and and something else mm. yeah I, I could see that plus i mean i, th- I think mm-hmm. a lot of those scenes would be difficult to film like, i don't know if you're going to go out in the middle of <laughs> like, the woods or something hire an actress to wear the alien outfit um so so let's let's talk about some of these extraterrestrials because i gotta say that was, that was one of the interesting things about is the way the uh, the documentary like the first half was really about david's story and his experiences he encountered and then the second half you actually interviewed a lot of people in david's life and I like that because it kind of showed you the, 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 the point and then how people were um, accepted the story and believed the story. Um, but I got to say, David, it's a hell of a story. Um, so how old were you when you had your first, I guess, uh, encounter with an alien being? I feel I was around eight years old. Eight years old, just a child. Yes. And did you, yes. did you know it? This was the hairy guy, right? Yes, with the glowing eyes. The glowing eyes. And and you said you were frightened. And uh, did, did you run back inside and tell your parents? Like, what was your, act, your reaction? Well, for, I was just, like, startled for an instant. I couldn't move. And the, this little hairy guy was approaching me. And for some reason, I felt as if I was in his eyes looking out at me. Hmm. And... Then suddenly I'm myself again, and I scream, and I scramble back, and I run to the barn, and I turn around, and the little hairy guy had turned and was walking back into the woods. I went to the house, and I told my mom there was something out at the barn. I didn't know what it was. And she says, oh, come on, it was probably a cow or a deer or something other like that. And she just submits it. So it was just your imagination. Yeah, well, you know, little kids tend to have an active imagination. 
Um, so what was interesting yeah. is that I remembered this incident for a few hours, and I went back out to the barn, and I looked at the, little, uh, the line of trees at the end of the field, and the little hairy guy stepped out again. Anyway, hmm. I just ran away. And he wasn't threatening you. He was just kind of just curious, sort of standing there. But was he walking towards you? Yes. So I guess you. you, but he, you I know. didn't get any. I mean, when you're a kid and you see something like this, you think it's like the boogeyman or yeah. something other like that. You know. Yeah, I don't think and I would have been trying to make contact. I would have been like screaming and running inside. It's probably what oh, I would have yeah. done. Um, so what did your, so do you, this wasn't your only encounter. You had multiple encounters at a young age. And what did your oh, parents yes. and your, your, I guess your, your family, your friends come to think of this? Did, did, were they just very dismissive? Well, they were thinking I was making it up. And one time I had just seen something out of the barn. I think it was the, uh, the uh, praying, praying mantis type. And I ran to the house. And I told Mama there was something out of the barn, and that was it. I got a whipping like you would not believe. Hmm. And anyway, the next day, I'm in the backyard, and there is the woman with two little gray guys. And I go over to her, and I say, my Mama and Daddy don't believe me when I say I see you. I got a whipping. As soon as I said that, I knew she didn't like hearing that. And she just stared right into my eyes, and she says, then don't say anything. After that, I never did. And so after that, you, just, to have, you, you repress these stories. Yeah. Until years later. Did, uh, did you ever think to go, I'm sure back then, you know, psychiatry and child therapy and all that stuff wasn't, wasn't really in vogue. People didn't really do it. But did you ever think later in life, did you ever go to therapy or, or speak to a, a psychiatrist? Uh. Only after I had begun uh, remembering, this is mm. in the, the 80s, and I spoke to a Jean Mundy. She had, she's died, she died uh, several years ago. Mm-hmm. And but it's, she was very interested in my case. Oh, that's interesting. Was she, was she um, a hypnotherapist, David? I guess so, but she never hypnotized me. She just okay. let me speak and tell my story. Okay. Okay. And, and did you find that helpful at the time? Uh, yes, I did. It was like a release. Oh. So similar to how you felt about when you started painting. It seemed like painting is very uh, therapeutic, kind of cathartic experience for you. It was. I was with the beings, and uh, one of the beings said, let David do paintings. And I said, okay, I can do that. Anyway, I woke up the next morning, remembered the conversation. But it took me about, I don't know, a week, two weeks to get enough enough nerve to go up to the studio and start painting. And I was having restless nights and everything. And then one morning, I just get up and I go to the studio and I start working. I worked until, oh, I don't know, later that evening. And that night, I got such a wonderful sleep. I slept so well. Yeah, getting all of that out of you. So what was the first painting uh, that you painted? Uh, the first real painting I did was the head coming up over the bush. Oh, yeah, I like that one. 
It was good. Um, I guess one of your famous ones, or I guess one of the ones that was mentioned in the movie quite prominently, was that Virginity Lost painting. Um, yeah. And that refers to a particular night where you uh, first had sex with a, a, a being named Crescent. Um, t- yeah. Tell me about that night. Like, how, how did that happen? Why were you alone in the forest? How old were you? Well, I was about 17 years old, and... <clears throat> I was out walking uh, around in the woods. I was I think I was heading down to Atuna Lake. Hmm. And I came to a place where there were a lot of trees. There was a lot of shade. And I happened to look over, and there's this woman. She's dressed in dark blue. Just by herself? Hair. Yeah, I was by myself. No, was she by herself? There were no other aliens? She was by herself. Hmm. And... She looked at me. She quickly got up and she came over to me. And I don't know what it was, but I just like, I just wanted to have sex with her. I just couldn't help myself. I pulled down my pants. I laid back on the ground and she got on top of me. And all at the same time, I'm thinking, how can this happen? How can this be happening? What in the world was going on? It's a little weird. Yeah. And anyway, I reached my climax. And I'm looking into her eyes, and I pass out. And I don't know, maybe five or ten minutes later, I wake up, and I don't remember a thing. Was she still there, or had she left? No, she was gone. Hmm. And I was there, lying on the ground, with my pants around my knees, and I didn't know why. Huh. And I, I was scared. I got up. Quickly uh, put on my pants and everything, and I got out of there. I didn't know what had happened. It was like it had been totally erased from my mind. And uh, that was it. So was, I don't know if you can recall this, or maybe the memory came back. Was her genitalia similar to that of a human female? Uh, Yes, it is. So her vagina felt quite the same. Um, Yes. You, in the movie you mentioned, or in the documentary, you mentioned that the climax was really painful. It was very intense. And so so was, it, was it a violent sexual experience, or was it, was it very sensual? No, it wasn't violent at all. I mean, she got on top of me, and uh, she worked her body, and I reached my climax. It was quite intense. And uh, how many times uh, did you have sex with her after that? I think perhaps two, maybe three other times. And so she was the type of alien. She was the one with the black hair, kind of uh, sort of a triangular face, very pale, with uh, with yep. like br- big, uh, bright, like large eyes. Um, and, but you encountered several other types of aliens as well. The praying mantis one, uh, the little guys. Did you have sex with any other aliens? Well, let me see. There was the uh, praying mantis there's the little hairy guy. There are the females. There is the, um, let me see. Uh, the, the tall, thin man. The tall, thin right? man, yeah, with the knob on the back of his head. Yes, the man with the knob on the back of his head. But, but um, uh, David, you only had, had sexual relations with Crescent and the, the tall women, right? Yes. So did you ever at that time feel threatened or violated. I remember one of the photos, it, it showed like several of these women holding you and you're and making you ejaculate into a bowl. 
that, which seems very unnatural. Like, did you, were you scared? I mean, or did you just kind of go along with it? Actually, that was a rather a funny scene. I was with them, and uh, there were several women there, quite a few. And the guy with a knob on his head came over to me and says, you will give all these women babies. And I, it's like I go, like I go what? I, 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 there's just no way I can do that. I kind of got scared, and then he was looking at me, and then he laughed. And we go into this room, and there, the, there is this container on, on a table. And I'm looking at the container, and I'm looking at him, and I say, you want me to make love to a bow? I says, I mean, you know, I like hugging and kissing. Anyway, two other females come over to me, and they put their arms around me, and they get up close to me. One of them holds my uh, penis, and then the other one is stroking my chest, and I ejaculate into the container. And you were on their ship when this happened, right? I'm sorry? Were you on their, their saucer or their vessel when this happened? I think so, yes. Yes, I was someplace. Sometimes I feel like I'm underground, and other times, like, they are in my apartment, or we go up into some type of craft. So what do you think the beings were doing, I guess, harvesting your, I guess, your seed to make these hybrid babies? Like, were they bringing them back to their own planet? Like, why do you think they chose you? Good question. I have no idea. I mean... I have a feeling, a very strong feeling. It isn't just me. It's tens of millions, perhaps hundreds of millions of people worldwide who have had experiences. That is true. And a lot of them are similar. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, especially as children. Yeah, they seem to, they seem to, uh, to uh, appear to children uh, more frequently than adults. Yeah, um, it's like it's easier to get in touch with children. Yeah, I think maybe you become a little more closed-minded or a little more skeptical as you get older. Um, yeah. So did you ever see any of these these uh, hybrid babies again? Did you ever raise them? Or I was, There was a time when I saw them when they were about maybe five or six years old. We were playing hide-and-seek, and... I was going to go hide, and they were going to try to find me. So I uh, hid behind two of the large women. But the kids found me, and then they ran, ran to the base, and I had to go hide again. <laughs> and then later, this is like maybe 88, 89, I am with them. And I see this young man, and he's walking toward me. And he looks quite human, but I know he's my son. Hmm. What was interesting is that I was having a hard time seeing the top of his head until I realized he had hair. Yeah, because none of them had hair. Most of them were, uh, I guess, bald or maybe wearing a wig, right? Well, I think the females were. Hmm. But the children that I fathered had hair. Hmm. So do you think they live among us and we, we don't know? Or we can't you know, tell? I, I think so. 
Huh. I know I have seen one or two. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Um, so in, you actually ended up having a human wife, though, and a human uh, son. What, what did yeah. they think of the, I, I guess, the extraterrestrial family or these, uh, the encounters that you've had? Janice doesn't want to hear it. But my son, I've spoken to my son about it. He saw me doing the paintings when he was a lot younger. And he would ask me what they were about, and I would tell him, but on a very light level. He was like maybe nine years old or whatever. And uh, so anyway, he grew up with them. So so he probably had a, a deeper understanding. Did he ever experience any uh, encounters himself? Not that I know of. Um, so wh- why do you think Jan- so Janice didn't want to talk about it at all? Did it bother her? Yes, no. She didn't. I tried to, but no, man. She didn't want to know. She didn't want to hear it. Yeah, she just, she just was like, I kind of, kind of like your parents. Just, I don't want to get it. I don't want to go there. Yeah, right. So, um, that's right. You you started painting like around uh, the '80s because it all started coming back to you. Um, are you still painting today? Are you still uh, still painting about these experiences? Uh, yes. Well, finally, I got my studio back into some semblance and order. We had brought. We were doing some decorating downstairs. And we brought a lot of things to the top floor, and we put them in the studio. So recently, I just got it out, and I'm starting to fix up the studio again. I gotta say, my girlfriend loves your artwork, and uh, she's gonna be very excited to come uh, to, to to see your exhibit at Burbank. Are you gonna fly out here for it, David? No, no, you can't get me on a plane. <laughs> I imagine isn't, after- it, isn't it? It's a little, a little ironic that um, you, you're afraid of flying on airplanes, but you can fly on the UFOs, no problem. Well, that's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I... mean, I, one, I one has turbulence. Yes. <laughs> but there's no turbulence with a UFO. All <laughs> mm-hmm. smooth flying. It's definitely not uh, Southwest. Um, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing some of your artwork actually in, uh, in person. And, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, I'm sure my girlfriend's probably going to want to buy some, uh, some prints here. Um, fascinating story, Love and Saucers. Brad, you did a great job with it. And uh, I gotta say, I was uh, riveted the whole, t- the whole time. Um, so Brad, after you, after this experience, do you, do you feel you believe in, uh, in aliens now? Do you believe? Well, it's a comp- complicated um, answer. Uh, I think one thing to make clear is that's interesting is that David has never stated that these are extraterrestrials. It's more, at least for sure, it's more a way to talk about it that everyone sort of immediately understands. Just assumed, yeah. Um, yeah, but David has said he doesn't know where they're from or what they are. Uh, the only thing he knows for sure is that the experiences uh, were real to him. So who knows exactly what they are, um, if it's extra dimensional or, or, you know, extraterrestrial or whatever, um, is what is one sort of important point. Um, so you don't have to believe in, in extraterrestrials to believe David's story. And I think you don't even have to believe in, in anything, um, supernatural to believe in David's story. You can believe David without, um, just knowing him and listening to him without making that other leap. Uh, and I think what, what true. the experiences actually are is that's, you know, the, the million dollar question 
And I feel like what um, Professor Jeffrey Kripal says in the documentary is that, you know, the alien um, or abduction experience isn't really like a new thing. It just is a new sort of terminology or framing for weird mystical experiences that have been happening to human beings for thousands of years, you know, religious experience and psychedelic experience and shamanic experience. Um, so I'm more, you know, I, I don't have really like a set belief, but I'm more in, in tune with, with that one, that, that these are part of the mystical experience pantheon, but what the, the real, you know, content of these experiences are is, is unknown and maybe, maybe can't be known at least like rationally, which is, why I think David painting using art and other people that use art and writing and, and poetry, that's, that's the way to understand these experiences, not analytically or scientifically. Yeah, I think that's part of the reasons why people are so cynical or skeptical of this yeah. experience because it's so subjective. Um, yeah, I did find that interesting though with the, uh, uh, was he a professor of religious studies? Is that the guy that um, that was explaining yeah, how uh, yeah, yeah the, the similarities of the shamanic experiences and how people have had these experiences, religious experiences, um, for thousands of years? And uh, yeah, and it, but the term alien abduction, relatively recent term. Um, grip, great documentary. I wholeheartedly recommend it. Love and Saucers, people, you can check it out. Loveandsaucers.com. Uh, also, Brad, let me plug your website. It's bradabrahams.net. Yeah, that's right. And um, just so people know, uh, Love and Saucers is now just got on Amazon Prime. So if you're a subscriber, it's free in the U.S. and the U.K. and Hulu. Yeah, Hulu. We watch on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, and in other other territories, just like iTunes and and the standard streaming services. And if you're old school, there are DVDs. Great. And uh, David, I know you don't have a a major online presence, but is there a website or anywhere where people can uh, check out your art? Uh, well, no, I don't have, I don't have anything like that. Okay. But I, I know there's a yeah, book, think, the book that came out. Yeah, that's, that's what I would recommend. Farah's, Farah's book, uh, Love in an Alien Purgatory, even though David does not like the title because it wasn't like a <laughs> I definitely but, don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, the book is good. I would, yeah, I would recommend the book and also we're selling, uh, prints and have like a little, gallery of those uh love and saucers.com and and david gets a we'll get a percentage when we get the, the sales in oh that's awesome do you guys still keep in touch yeah. now that the movie's wrapped yes we do. In, yeah. oh that's great um guys i love the documentary thank you for being on the show today it was it was uh, great talking to you all right thank you yeah it was a pleasure So my girlfriend really likes this dude's art. Like, like seriously. She, she legitimately likes his art. That's great. Yeah, which... Yeah, I, yeah it's like great. Some of, the, some of them vary. Like, some of them are like... I don't know if it's because he's done them over time. Some of them are way better than other ones. Um, yeah, that's what I... Like, I like the one with the eyes. The close-up on the eyes. But it's like, I'm not going to fucking put that up in my living room. Oh, I would put all of them up in my living room. I, I don't know. Well, you I know, like the one where the gray alien's turning into a tree. That one was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, the one thing you could do, though, is uh, you could put them up because you because they're doing a show tomorrow at Hyena Gallery. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever been to Hyena in Burbank? Um, no, I have not. 
Well, we were chatting about this at the beginning of the interview, but I guess they're doing a show about Love and Saucers and dis- and displaying his art. Really? Yeah, tomorrow night, a Friday night at the Hyena. Good I show. would totally go, but I'm going to check out Sleep tomorrow night at the Wiltern. So. Oh, well, look at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I should grow a beard and wear a flannel shirt or something. Right. <laughs> Get on into stoner rock. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I didn't realize I didn't realize it was the same night, and I bought the tickets for that a while ago. But yeah, they're selling prints. You can buy prints for like fifty bucks. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm sure my girlfriend's probably gonna go check it out. But yeah, really cool documentary. Can't recommend it enough. A fascinating story. And the best thing about it, at the end, you're like, did it happen? Right. <laughs> you know. I, you know that guy really believes it did happen. Mm. Who am I to say it didn't? You know. I mean, you know. It, it's it's no less crazier than like oh you know Jesus died and yeah. rose from our, our sins you know and we're like eating his flesh yeah drinking his blood yeah I mean, I mean it's like you know I don't know subjective reality here yeah it's fine yeah anyway uh, people's episode six thirty eight here is sick and wrong uh, we have news stories coming up next and uh, we have phone calls after that first here's a word about our Patreon page do you need more sick and wrong in your life. Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a Sick and Wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better Sick and Wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sickandwrong. So the first story we have uh, here is a funny one. I gotta say, I read this today, and I shouldn't be laughing about it as much as I am. But I found it very entertaining. So I figured, let's discuss it here on the show. Uh, Crocodile eats a beloved terrier that had spent a decade taunting it. Okay. Yeah. Um, A saltwater crocodile has eaten a dog that made a mockery of it for years to the horror of onlookers. And yes, people, there's a video. Uh, We're going to be playing the audio of it in a second. Um, So this happened in Darwin at a Goat Island Lodge, which is just south of Darwin in Australia. But in the middle of like crocodile-infested Adelaide River. There's a lot of crocodiles out there. And one thing I, I can imagine you do if you're a dog owner, typically, so I'm sure people in Florida know this, don't let your fucking dog go near a crocodile. Yeah. Or an alligator. They'll get eaten. But apparently, in Australia, this is like fucking Cirque du Soleil over there. Like in Adelaide, this is like Cirque du Soleil in Adelaide. Uh, guests had gathered to watch Pup Pippa, little terrier here, perform her favorite trick running at Casey the Crocodile to scare her back into the river. She's been doing this the past 10 years. That's fucking idiocy. Yeah, people, mm. people gather to watch this and laugh as this little tiny dog chases a crocodile into a river. Is it the same crocodile every time? Yeah, Casey. Okay, okay. You know, crocodiles tend to like have like territories, like I the see. territorial animals. So, like and, homeless and, people in Los Angeles. Very similar, yeah, actually. Okay, I think okay. their skin is the same texture. Okay. Um, but uh, crocodiles can live to be like, what, like 60? So it's like you develop kind of a relationship. And it's yeah. a bit antagonistic. It's going to okay. bite your arm off, but it's still kind of there. And this guy, uh, the guy who owned the, the dog, had been, you know, feeding this crocodile for years. Like there's right. definitely an understanding there. And I think part of what he thought was funny is that, uh, you know, 
his little dog, they thought it was like a little trick. It'd run out, chase this crocodile, scare back into the river. Uh, but to the alarm of those looking on, including the owner, Kai Hansen, Okay. Got to be wary of anyone named Kai. You really do. You, you really, do. really do. Remember that yeah. guy in the video with the, that would like kill somebody with a hatchet? No. You've seen that. Kai, the famous, the, the drifter. Oh, that dude. That yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. Of course. One of the yeah, best, yeah. one of yeah. the greatest viral videos yeah, yeah. of all no, time. That's good shit. Um, but to the alarm. One time I played, looking, I think it was in Curacao, and I played poker with like a, I think he was like a South African mercenary named Kai, or maybe he was Australian, but he was a mercenary, and he had like a fucking scar across his eye like this. Jesus, was and he in Tekken? It was like two in the morning. Yeah, he looked like Tekken he was in Tekken. Character. And I was like, this is not a guy I want to be playing poker against. At two yeah, in the Kai, it's a yeah. sketchy name. So. Although this Kai kind of looks like an Aussie inbred John Denver. Do you have the picture of him? Oh, the uh, yes, I do. Yeah, you look at this yeah. guy. He's holding the dog, and he kind of has like, what, like four teeth? Surprised he doesn't have a Foster's in his hand. It's that uh, way. He's like Aussie inbred John Denver there. This weirdo. But there yeah, he is. That you guy. see that guy? Yeah, with the dog. Yeah, he kind of looks like John Denver. He does look like John Denver. But with like, what? I don't know, six teeth? Yeah. Look at the gaps in that thing. I count at least seven. <laughs> so, you know. So on this particular Jesus day, Christ. guests were gathered to watch Pup Pippa chase after Casey the crocodile. But to yeah. the alarm of those looking on, Pippa ran straight at the crocodile's head. And Casey did what crocs do. What did they it, do? Uh, <laughs> it bit the dog, dragged her to the water, and ate her. Oh, After okay. 10 years of being taunted by this little piece of shit, I thought they crocodile was like, fuck government it. surveys. I didn't know that. I thought crocs... Okay, I thought they did other shit. Yeah. And the, the best part about it, it's like you hear these onlookers just screaming. Like they're really surprised. Like they're stunned that this could possibly happen. Right. That a fucking terrier that, I don't know, it's like what, weighs like, six pounds sure could get eaten by a fucking crocodile yeah but that's what happens because it's right. a fucking crocodile yeah and uh as mr hansen here kai conceded he goes uh, it was something that had a high probability mm. of happening sometime mm. yeah yeah a high probability really <laughs> you think so check out this vi well so there's a video of it but yeah. we're gonna play the uh the audio right now all right and this that's the best part of the video yeah I mean, the it. video is just the dog chasing after the crocodile and getting dragged into the water, but the audio is key. I almost want to hear it again let's just because it it's again. that good. Let's just, let's just play that one more time. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my god, I totally recommend doing a search of that video. It's yeah. like you hear the dog like yelp, and then it's just the alligator just drags it into the water. Good god. Eats it. Yeah. And you know, that must have been the best meal that alligator has had in ten years. <laughs> this little fucking yipping dog chasing yeah, I mean, into it the water every day. Like fucking duck billed platypi, and those fuckers are poisonous. Yeah, but it like you, good. if you if they look at you, you you die, you know? So uh, Mr. Hansen moved mm. to Goat Island Lodge uh, 15 years ago to escape city life, Adelaide city life. You oh, know, yeah. Move away from where the balls touch. Uh, he lived amongst <laughs> a gaggle of dogs, birds, and crocodiles. It's okay. like Ozzy Dr. Doolittle here. Um, he had one puppy, yep. one pup named Hot Dog, okay. who was famous for barking along to tunes on the harmonica. 
But Pippa, on the other hand, um, quickly became known for chasing the crocodile more than 100 times her weight. And this is the best part. The Australian Broadcasting Corporation, known as ABC, Um, covered the dog's exploits just last year because it was like a, you know, I'm telling you, it's like fucking Cirque du Soleil there. Like guests would come around to see this fucking dog chase a crocodile. But this guy, though, this is the type of guy, I hate people like this, got to train their pets to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if well, you're I, bored. You kind of have to train them to do some things. You know? I suppose. Yeah. But tra- I mean, I don't know. Didn't you watch Train Your Cat to Use the Toilet? I did. So what? That's cool, though. And it's a fucking dude. I don't think clear empty okay. the litter box. All right. That was like purely, you know, yeah. that was an opportune training session. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing it to avoid mm-hmm. having to empty the litter box. Um, but yeah, but this guy, I mean, he probably didn't even train the dog to chase a crocodile. Yeah. So isn't that instinctual? Like the dog's going to do that anyway. I think so. Yeah. Especially those dogs. Like terriers are little hunting dogs, mm. but they're stupid, obviously. Right. Um, he says, uh, you'll see things you do not believe possible, said Mr. Uh, Kai Hansen here when he's talking to the crowd. You and- won't believe your mind <laughs> when cousins are two of a kind. <laughs> you won't believe your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Feast your eyes on Pippa, the crocodile chaser. Jesus Christ. It's not that, uh, it's not that outrageous. I know, you know? But apparently like, there's uh-huh. nothing else to do there but drink Fosters. I mean, dogs watch are dumb. Dogs chase crocodiles. They chase buses around. They think they, they can chase fight cars. a bus. They're dumb. You know, um, the fuck. Yeah, he's like, it's unbelievable. This little six yeah. to seven kilo dog attacking a three hundred kilo crocodile. But speaking to ABC Radio this morning, he had a different tune. He said he was really sad, and he's not able to watch the video of Pippa's demise. But he said he didn't think it was fair to blame the crocodile. He goes, she's not doing anything wrong. She's just doing what crocs do. You know, that crocodile probably like every day was like, today's going to be the day I finally get that fucker. <laughs> Making like just an inch closer. Angry YouTube videos about it like an incel <laughs> just for years and years and years. And finally, she she does it. She just it must gets have been there. so gratifying, yeah. just chomping through its flesh. You know? oh, yeah. I must have loved it. It must have been the best meal. Mm. Didn't share it with anybody. Mm. Um, he says... Uh, he said he would. F- he throws food down from the top of his, uh, I guess, his porch. Right. But no one's allowed to walk down there. So he's blocked off the area where the crocodile is. And the crocodile's still there. He's got to see. He's kind of like Captain Hook. Mm. He's got to see the crocodile. Oh, yeah. You know, every day. He hears the ticking clock in its belly. Its belly, yeah. He associates yeah. it with his own mortality. Some on social media lashed out at Mr. Hansen, saying he was to blame for encouraging the little dog to run up to the reptile. <laughs> but he said that's just the dog's nature. Comparing it to the dog, a dog he had as a child that would not stop chasing cars. He says, that's what terriers do. You know, they shouldn't do things like that. But am I one to stop her? She got away with it for 10 years. Okay. Yeah, you are one, you know, kind of, but... Well, I mean, what do you yeah. think was going to happen It'd be eventually? Great if, if, the, if, like in Peter Pan, if the, if the dog were a fucking bell or something. So now, whenever the, if the croc comes up, he's got to hear the dog's bell whenever it walks up. <laughs> Just ringing all the time. Yeah. It's lodged in its like thoracic cavity. It. Oh, he's he can't watch the video. Yeah. Oh, okay. Obviously, yeah. he's probably be upset that we're sitting here playing it multiple times, laughing. Right. Yeah. You're hysterically. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Crikey. Um, crocodile expert Adam Britton said that the small dog was exactly the sort of prey item any crocodile would target. Um, don't they eat toddlers as well? 
Uh, yeah. It's a good thing Kai here didn't have kids. I know. You know, I don't know what he would have trained them to do. Go put the hat on the crook. <laughs> it's like, you know. Um, he said the dog just got right up close to the crocodile's head, which triggers a reflex action reaction. And the crocodile, if you get that close to his head, doesn't even think about it. It's just going to strike. And that's what they do. Mm. You know? Stupid. Yeah. yeah. Um, they said that uh, studies from around the world showed that attacks on dogs by crocodiles, alligators, and caimans are actually quite high. And this incident, a caiman caiman crocodile from uh, South America. Oh, those are huge ones. Okay, those are the ones that you'll find in like New York City sewers. Okay, that get massive. Those are the ones from like those movies with. Yeah, they flush them down the toilet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Remember Leatherhead from the Ninja Turtles? He was like a Cajun mutated alligator, and he was probably a caiman. I'm Leatherhead. (laughs) I'm gonna make a turtle gumbo. Was he? Did he fight along with the turtles? No, he fought the turtles. Oh, he fought against. He was always the turtles. trying to make turtle soup, you know. Oh, okay. And he okay. lived in the swamp in some shithole shack. Did he know uh, karate? No. What was his fighting style? He was just a fucking giant uh, alligator in overalls. <laughs> Why does he need a fighting style? I don't know. He had a shotgun. He, he was an alligator in overalls with a shotgun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to suspend my disbelief here. He doesn't need to know here, a martial it's... art. You <laughs> well, they fucking fighting ninjas. Yeah. Might have helped them. <laughs> Something. Um, the, uh, the, the they he believes here the, uh, the the crocodile expert believes this incident should come as a warning to anyone in crocodile land particularly if they have small dogs with them. Going near water where there's crocodiles is a dangerous thing to do. And if you got a dog with you, you're just compounding the risk. Apparently, Everyone croc- knew that. Everyone knew that. <laughs> I guess yeah. crocodiles love to eat dogs. Yeah. It's like a Big Mac. Huh, who dog. knew? It's crazy. Yeah. Wow, it's amazing. <laughs> so Mr. Hansen said he's planning to get a new dog, but he's definitely ensuring it will not chase crocodiles. Mm. Uh, he's spending his money on some fucking teeth. <laughs> what he should do <laughs> fucking yeah he should get some gold teeth uh, the expert here and Britain agreed that the croc should not be destroyed for eating the dog he said it's a different situation when crocodiles attack humans because that shows that they've learned how to attack large prey items and might do it again mm. do you ever see uh, it was a couple of years ago at Disney World um, I need a price check on a large prey item did you ever see that? Uh, it was a story that came out at Disney World a couple years ago. There's an area at Disney World that just like, it, it's like a canal right there in Florida that leads into the Everglades. Okay. And so they knew that there are crocodiles in those waters, but they're just kind of like, ah, whatever, it's fine. Alligators. Or alligators, alligators yeah. in the waters. So this little toddler, he's like maybe, I don't know, three, sitting there playing near the water, playing near the water. This, this alligator just comes mm. up and just grabs him. Yeah. And the dad jumps in the water. So there's a video of this too. I remember and he's this. fighting, trying to pull, Wasn't fighting this a with the crocodile. Years ago or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the yeah. alligator won and pulled the kid away and just gone. Yeah. With the kid. I do remember that. Do you think you'd blame was... yourself forever for that? Oh, yeah. Like, would you ever be able to get beyond that? No, I'd drink myself to death within a year. You know? <laughs> would you become a crocodile hunter? Or would you just kill yourself? You can't really, what are you going to do? You know, I don't the know. crocodile's going to do what it's going to do. I would kill that crocodile. Be like, Absolutely. What, what was his name? Steve Irwin? Just go in there and yeah. rape crocodiles? Steve Urkel. Yeah, Steve um, Urkel. Steve <laughs> Bindi. Bindi Irwin. Can I get killed by a stingray? Um, yeah, no, I would definitely kill that fucking You'd go hunt it down. Alligator, yeah. Like would you devote your life like to doing that? Like if I was Christopher that? Reeves and I fell off that horse or whatever, and the horse kicked me and I lost, you know, I became a quadriplegic. <laughs> that was Mr. Hands. What? Yeah, Mr. Hands. Christopher Reeves. Yeah, but Mr. Hands did What's that. What's the name to of the horse? Reeves. Yeah. 
Okay, I would fucking slit that thing's throat. <laughs> I'm joking. With my, or if I couldn't, I'd do it with my, you know, I'd put a knife in my teeth and, and just it, kill it. Even if I was a quad, and that's what I would do. So Harrison, yeah. crocodile hunter. Mm. What do you have here for the second story? A uh, man on LSD thought he was playing Grand Theft Auto during police chase. Hmm. Do you ever uh, play Grand Theft Auto on uh, hallucinogenics? I have not. I played it on a variety of drugs. I imagine cocaine or meth would be fun. Cocaine. Playing that game. Yeah, I played it on cocaine. I played it on heroin, methadone. You know, I, can, I can see like cocaine. Absinthe, you know. I guess I've played it on cocaine. You're just like, mm. whenever, whenever I play that game, all I want to do is see if I can get like the fucking National Guard to come out. Because you yeah. got to like, don't you have to get like five red stars or whatever the fuck you do yeah well you know what the weird thing about that game is i i take i actually take a lot of real life cues from video games and have throughout my life i remember <laughs> when i was like fucking fat as fuck i was like 300 pounds because i was on uh, methadone wow and uh yeah I was, How many, actually when was i was this? Two, 280 pounds uh in like 2003 2004 well, do you have any fat pictures i do yeah, I want to see I'll, some fat I'll, pictures. I'll some, yeah. Post it to the Facebook page. It looks horrific. Yeah, wow, I can't even bad. picture you as a fat yeah, guy. Two hundred eighty pounds. Jesus. And um, it, most of it was from them being on methadone. Do you have a lot has, of stretch marks? Has that effect on people? I have some. You know? Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, when I I just thought I'd lose all the weight automatically when I got off methadone. I didn't. I did lose like around I don't know thirty forty pounds pretty quickly. Hmm. And I thought the rest would just fall off, but it didn't. Did you get a lap band? And no, what I remember, I was playing Grand Theft Auto San Andreas uh, at the time, which is the one where you're like a black dude in Compton, you know, and you, you're like you have you're part of a gang. And you oh try yeah, to take yeah, over yeah. Turf and shit. I played that and, one at my brother's house. And in that game, you go like go get shit to eat, and if you eat too much, you get fat. And then <laughs> it, you have to go to the gym and you like work out, and then you're like either thin or you're muscular, you know. And when you're muscular, you can like run more. <laughs> what, what, like, what happens when you're a fat ass? They just catch you really slower. quick. Yeah, you're way slower. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like real life. Running after ice cream trucks, you know. And uh, <laughs> like, I, I was like, I wonder if that works like in real life. <laughs> I didn't like, I, it seemed crazy. Like the concept of that seemed insane to me. It's an epiphany. Yeah, Harrison yeah. has an epiphany. Yeah, I was if like, I work out, I'll get thin. I was like, I wonder if you could do that in real life. <laughs> so like I did and it did, it worked. Nice. Did, yeah, yeah. did you ever think like I could go carjack someone too? Yeah, I was like, well, if I kill a Beat bunch up of a cops, prostitute, I can just go hide in an alley for five minutes, and then everything will be fine, right? Just like in the game, and <laughs> well, and that's the way it happened. Don't you have yeah. to uh, like hide up on a roof and just sniper and rocket launch people to get the national guard to come out? Yeah, you do. I, I've do. never actually. I've only done it once, where okay. I got like the like dude, they bring out like helicopters mm. and they really start fucking shit up. Mm. But usually, like, I get taken out with the, just the, when they bring out the, the big fucking paddy wagons. Yeah, well, I mean, was, I mean, that's also how I learned about um, how I better empathized with the plight of, of catcalling and such. Oh, really? Was yeah. it, uh, is that it was, a thing you do in the game? Bat, no, it's Batman um, Arkham City. Because there's like you're in a you're in like a giant open air prison, which is like a they took a part of Gotham City hmm. and they abandoned it and cut it off and walled it up. And they said, this is the prison now. And most of it, you're Batman, but for part of it, you can play as Catwoman. And so you're fighting all these guys. And even as you're kicking their asses, they're like, they're like, yeah, I like this pussy. I like to fucking ride you until next Sunday. And they're just like yelling the worst shit. And I'm like, this is what it's like. This must be what it's like, like all the time. Like I never, it never like I'd always realized that, but it never fully hit me until I played Arkham City. 
and then I had a better understanding of it. Hmm. Yeah. What'd you learn from Burger Time? Um, that uh, always be wary of um, hot dogs because they will eat you. <laughs> if given the opportunity, the hot dog will, they will eat hurt you, you yeah. before you eat it. Yeah, I've so, always yeah. been scared of the condiments. Yeah. And pickles and all that. Uh, anyway, so this guy, yeah. all hopped up on fucking LSD, decides uh-huh. to go play, uh, or think, thinks he's playing. Like, yeah. he must have been really fucked up. Mm. Like, I can't imagine doing that much LSD where you're like, I'm going to go run out and just hij- hijack a car. I could see with, like, with, uh, with PCP, I could see you doing that. But with yeah. LSD... Would you, I mean, don't you think you still have enough control where you're not going to go carjack something? Generally, yeah. And, and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to like get too insane. I mean, I guess it, uh, driving a car, you know? Yeah, I mean, have you I've ever done that? To, I've never tried to drive a car in oh, I've, I've done it before. Yeah. I did it in, uh, I remember I was like, you know how when you're young, you yeah. can do shit like that. Like okay. if I, I was like 16, we did a bunch of uh, Beavis and Butthead Acid in the yeah. state park. <laughs> And uh, me and my friend Kessler and a couple girls were driving back. I thought I was in a diorama. Like, I'm just driving through, and it's like things look like they're, you know, two-dimensional. Uh-huh. And I'm just kind of like, oh, this is interesting. This is a fascinating diorama. <laughs> and I'm just driving around the parking lot of this, like, fucking park for, like, I don't know, like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, I think I'm done with this diorama now. And so then uh, I was like, they were like, you know, maybe we should wait. And then I ended up, like, maybe an hour later driving to the mall. Which the mall is a weird place to go to on acid. It is, yeah. It's a weird place. It is. But yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's not a thing that you should do. I don't suggest doing that. No, yeah, it does seem like more of a meth PCP thing, but here we go. The high-speed chase was very real, police say, but one man high on psychedelic drugs thought it was no more than a video game. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you think about it, you're fucking high on acid, you're in a car, you're cruising around, cops are chasing mm. you. I mean, it, it sounds like Grand Theft Auto. Mm. I mean, I can understand that. So it was a Saturday night, police in uh, Jackson County, Oregon. They had pulled someone over for uh, DUI, um, and they were waiting for a tow truck. Anthony Clark, 23 years old. Do a fucking picture of this weirdo here. Wait, there we go. Where's this fucking mutt? Here he is. Here's this fella. You can oh. tell that guy does a lot of LSD. Yeah, there he is. Busted. Um, Look at that thousand yard stare going on there. He walked up to the scene. Um, he, he had no connection to the DUI. He's accused of telling an officer that he planned to steal the 2003 Toyota Camry and then did just that. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm going to do. So the car they did were he... waiting to have towed because they arrested the guy. He jumped in the car and drove off. In did it. he yank someone out of the car? Um, <clears throat> or I guess no, he was being the guy, towed, the guy was so, already yeah, in the yeah. back of the cruiser. They had arrested him. <laughs> yeah. So their keys were in the door of the car. I uh, used them to steal the vehicle. Uh, got away despite an officer opening the door and grabbing his shirt as the car started up. Wait, so they pulled the guy over for DUI. Yeah. Arrested him. About the t- and so this dude jumped in his Camry mm-hmm. and started taking it. So you know how like when, uh, have you ever been pulled over? And the cops coming out, you've been speeding, you might have been really stoned or whatever. Cops come out to give you a ticket, and then he gets a call that something worse happened. It's like, oh, I gotta go. And it takes off. I remember that happening in the movie License to Drive with Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. <laughs> God, but, that's, uh, I don't know if I remember that. happened to you? That. Yeah. That actually, I've only got, seen that in the movies. I got pulled over, yeah. and the dude was just like, I, I got pulled over for speeding. And it was in Chicago, and the dude's like, as soon as he came out, he's like, uh, I have to go. And just, just left. 
white privilege. Yeah, I know. I was about mm. to say. I bet you like a black guy would have been tased. Yeah. He probably would have like, I don't know, hogtied me and came back. Yeah. But yeah, like that's why I wonder. So with mm. this dude, I wonder if the guy that got the DUI was like, all right, later. Yes. <laughs> My guardian angel over here. Fucking A. Uh, yeah, so uh, Clark would later admit that he was high on LSD uh, and mm-hmm. thought he was just playing out of fantasy in Grand Theft Auto. So then came a 40-mile police chase through fences over spike strips and down the wrong sides of various roads. Oh, he drove through a spike strip? Oh, yeah. What, I mean, what, how do you do that? I mean, he just tears your tires apart. So was he just driving with sparks yeah, flying still, on, the, on the rims? Yeah, you're just driving on flat tires. <laughs> you could do it. Um, after evading nearby patrol cars, police say, Clark d- fucking drove on the wrong side of Interstate 5 for a period before turning around and going the correct way. Then he went off an exit and barreled through chain link fences. Jesus. This is like fucking baby driver over here, this guy. I don't, how come he did? He, I can't believe he didn't hit a house. Yeah. Or like a small child. <laughs> it seems like this is the kind of situation where if you're going to drive through a living room, now's the time to do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the very least, a dining room. But uh, yeah, so the chase temporarily stopped because he entered a populated area. Uh, he was later spotted in a downtown area of Ashland, Oregon, again, driving on the wrong side of the road before he turned around, headed for the city of Talent. Wait, and, they lost him? Yeah, they lost in him. In a populated area. They yes. lost the guy driving erratically through people's fucking yards well, on acid. Well, he was clever because he went, he drove into an area where um, it's a part of town where everybody's driving a Toyota Camry and they're also on acid. So that's, <laughs> oh, how, the, that's okay. how the police yeah, lost yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that, that you know, you see how that, that was happen. clever. That was clever. An officer laid down spike strips to stop Clark, but he kept speeding ahead after his front tires deflated. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, uh, yeah dash cam fucking video from Williamson County shows a sheriff's deputy jumping into an intoxicated driver's car after he takes off during a t- traffic stop. That's yeah. Uh, police officers from various county departments blocked off various roads near the chase and managed to stop Clark on a highway. After attempting to run into a police cruiser with his vehicle, <laughs> Clark fled on foot, according to the arrest report. Uh, he ran, apparently, to a nearby mobile home park and tried to steal a second car before he was arrested. Do you think they beat this guy? Uh, I mean, he's a white guy. So I'd like to see the. I would like to see if there's a mugshot of this guy because that wasn't a mugshot that you showed before, or no, was it? Uh, it looks like a mugshot to me. Oh wow! And the yeah, guy's yeah, not yeah. even bruised. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. No, he's just he, and he looks like he's he's you know, he he looks like he's staring into the fucking seventh dimension. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like the yeah, seven, yeah, yeah. like fucking seven thousand yard stare going on there. Right. But this guy, if he was a minority, yeah. He would not be oh, yeah, walking. Yeah. No, no, no. They would have you know? thrown him off the overpass after they caught him. You know, it's funny on, uh, on at work on Wednesday, like mm-hmm. around kind of around lunchtime. All of a sudden, he's heard these helicopters right outside our building. We're like on the tenth floor. Look out! You see these low flying helicopters. You're like, what the fuck's going on? And then, like, I don't know, like ten police cars. Yeah. Turned out, some guy in Studio City uh, robbed, I guess, like burglar burglar as a home, okay. and they took off. I don't know if it was a Camry or whatever. They took off in the car, high-speed chase up the five, got off in Glendale, right near my work, and uh, and pulled into the this parking structure at the mall. Yeah. Ditched the car, walked away. 
Really? Dane Kesha guys. Oh, wow. Isn't that brilliant? That's pretty good. I would have never thought about that. It's yeah. like they were being chased by like at least 12 police cars and three helicopters. Yeah. They pulled into this parking structure, parked the car, got out, and just walked, you know, mingled with the people in the mall. Huh. Yeah. They, and they still haven't caught them. Wow. I don't know if they went back for the car, <laughs> but brilliant. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was something where, uh, I think in Rhode Island recently where a guy robbed something i don't know a bank or a store or something and the, he, he led the cops on a chase and then he like was out of sight they lost visual on him temporarily and then they thought it was a the same they found the same truck they thought it was his truck it wasn't so they tried to pull over those people those people apparently had just committed some other crime <laughs> they tried to they tried to take or no you know what they hadn't maybe but they were shady motherfuckers oh, okay. and they drove so they tried to, to peel away and then they all got shot <laughs> and then they realized it like wasn't. It wasn't the even the right car. Yeah, it wasn't the motherfuckers wow. they were chasing. So, yeah, <laughs> small, angry, old, Jewy cowboy. Jesus, guys. Yeah. <laughs> mm. People are talking about my feathers. They're easy. Dem- they're demanding wackerly. They're calling you a Jew cowboy. All right. But it's all love. Yeah, you know? I know it's all love. We're feeling the love. Uh, yeah, no one suffered injuries during the chase. Uh, miraculously. Yeah, I'm surprised about that. Yeah. Then came the alleged admission that he was on LSD, a psychedelic drug, and the chase seemed to be part of a violent video game. So what do they do when they arrest you and you're like all hopped up on LSD? Do they like pump your stomach or something? They give you some kind of like injection to calm no. you down? No. They just tie you up and they let it they ride, ride you out? A, um, they either put you in one of those restraint chairs, um, which one day I hope to own. Um, I'm surprised you, you don't you already. You don't those, have a makeshift you ever one. Seen those restraint chairs. Yeah, I've seen yeah, them, but yeah, yeah, I've yeah. never been in it. Um, definitely not sexually. I don't. If I had like my own basement, I definitely got one. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, or they they put you tranquilizers. You know, Uncle they sedate you. Touchy's basement over yeah. here. <laughs> um, what do they do if uh, people like are freaking out on acid and go to like the hospital or something? What does the hospital do? Give them a sedative. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they yeah, do yeah. sedate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but they still put you in the, the restraint chair? They slices. I don't know, you know? Uh, they pro- <laughs> no, some more juice. Vitamin C will kick it like, back in. Unless you're like violent, you know what I mean? Uh, okay, but yeah, yeah he, he says that he thought he was in the video game. So yeah, you know? he would have been violent. I'm surprised he didn't yeah. get, get a gun from like pull a cop's gun or something. Like, what was, which Nightmare on Elm Street movie was that where... Um, you know how uh, Freddy Krueger like kills you based on your hobbies or something? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you like... You like fixing up old houses and flipping them on the market, huh? Well, I'm going to turn you into a house and I haven't really thought this through. There was one where it was like the kid liked playing video games, so he like put him in a video game. Oh, wait, was that Dream Warriors? The I think fourth it was one? the fifth one or something. Or maybe it was the fifth. The fifth yeah. one is Dream Warriors. I think that was the one. Okay, yeah. Doc like, did that stomps team. on him like Mario stomps on a Goomba or something, <laughs> you know? God, how stupid were those movies? Yeah, what'd you learn from uh, Mario? Um, not to go into plumbing as a profession, oh. which actually maybe I should have looking back. Yeah, I guess yeah, no, you know? that would have worked. But yeah, I mean, sometimes that happens when you play a game for a while, you start to dream and it's become in its one interface. with the game. Yeah. yeah. Like I remember I was playing a game Dead Rising for like a while, long time. It was like a zombie game, third person where you're constantly just like hitting with whatever, like with the mic stand, you're hitting zombies with whatever you can find. And there's just crowds of them. So I'd go to take the subway and all of a sudden, I'd be like, have this sudden urge to just start like fucking start, wailing wow. on everybody with like a fucking trash can or something. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It you happens. Not take acid. No. 
Man. Yeah. I didn't. It was the important thing. You know, but, hey. So this guy's yeah. charged with, uh, what, just being a menace? Um, yeah. I imagine. A menace to society, uh, allu- attempting to elude an officer in a vehicle, DUI, reckless driving, criminal mischief, third degree escape. <laughs> wow. Yeah, among other charges. You know, I got to say, I'm that asshole. If you're tripping with me and you're like, are we... Is this Grand Theft Auto? I'd have been like, it totally is. Yeah. It totally is. And you should go steal that car that's about to get towed. And here's from a sniper that rifle. Here you yeah, go. Yeah. Here you go, yeah, dude. Yeah. Go have fun. <laughs> <laughs> People, say your story. Stick around podcast, We have phone calls coming up next 323 522 4032. Before we get to that, though, uh, here's a word from Adam and Eve. It's butt plug month on adamandeve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So we have a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032 is that number. Uh, the first call has to do with uh, the Twisted Firestarter. Or should we call him by curious Firestarter? We should. Or maybe. Hello, boys. Twisted Firestarter. Um, this story is actually like a month or two old, but I was listening to the most recent podcast and... Uh, Schlitzy was saying, um, oh, what was he saying? He was saying something about some sort of, oh, it was <laughs> in, in that day, sucking dick for smack. Um, and yeah, I, I, I thought he was sucking dick for micro machines. <laughs> what, or was it, no, it was, yeah, that was right. It was smack. It was, it was smack. smack. He was asking if it's gay. Everybody's to... wondering if they're bisexual now, you know? But is, is that a thing that people wonder about? Yeah. Well, at least the people who call into this show, apparently. Cause I'm yeah, no, it's definitely become yeah. a theme since mm. Schlitzy started this. Everyone's like, am I bi-curious? And they mm. need to call in and tell us their stories. Mm. That's good. We're, we're very empathetic. I saw some girl recently on Instagram. Like, she posted something. She was like, um, I'm, uh, you know, bisexual, but uh, it's easy for me to present as straight. But I understand the struggle. And it's like, bitch... Please, you, you made out with the chick once or something, and now yeah. all of a sudden you're fucking, you know. You got drunk on. on pucker. You could present. Made out with a chick. You know, you can, uh, come on. Anyway. I, I've, I tried my hand at it. Not smack. Or sucking dick for that matter. But um, I thought. <laughs> then what did you, you know, try I'm your hand at? I not much with the ladies. May, maybe I should like try and broaden my horizons a little bit. So I figured, you know, if, if I'm bisexual, that's just twice the amount of people to turn me down That's so you know worth a shot uh, I was down at my local club you know he's, he's, he's not wrong but twice the rejections no yeah I, yeah you, it increases your odds you know well it would but I yeah. bet you there's probably more dudes that would have sex with that guy than chicks that's what I'm saying yeah you know it's if you if you open it up then you you know and let's say, just say the standards are far lower than um, definitely with men, yeah. Cis women, let's say, with, wi- yeah. with women, trans women. You know, the standards are, are lower as far as when they assess a person, a man, right? And I've, I've been dancing with this girl called Kira. She ain't that great looking, but you know, I thought uh, beggars can't be choosers. 
But she, she had a boyfriend, so she was all, oh, yeah, I, I can't do anything, but, oh, God, you're so hot, you're so hot. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> and so we go, we go out for fag, and... Um, for those of our uh, U.S. audience, that's a cigarette. <laughs> they, or thanks also, for clearing that up. It's also some kind of <laughs> ho- horrific, awful meat pie. Oh, no, that's a faggot. That's a faggot, that's yeah, a yeah. Okay, okay. Bundle of sticks. Bundle of sticks, yeah. Our mate, our gay mate, Ryan, is there. And we sort of start having a bit of chat, and we, we end up working it up into, we're going to have a threesome together. Me, this guy, Ryan, and Kira. And basically, I think Kira was just shit-faced. I wanted her, and then Ryan wanted me. Hmm. So I thought, right, well, I'm going to have to try and put the effort in there. So I'm sort of like getting off of him a bit. Not particularly enjoying it, but try trying my hardest just to see if I do have any homosexual tendencies. And we end up going back to his place, and I'm sort of... Wait a second. Did he go back with the girl, or did he just go back with him to his place? I, I kind of... I, he said he was going to, like... The three of them are all going to go at it. Let me go back a little bit, because I, I, I misheard that, too. All right. Well, I'm sure he's going to tell us right now. Okay, okay. Like, perving on Kira when she ain't wanting it. And he's, he's like, rubbing my knob and stuff. <laughs> oh, gosh, I really, I really wasn't enjoying it, to be fair. So, <laughs> I, I think I, I sort of let it get to a certain... This is so awkward. This is so... So, they were all there. Yeah, so yeah. the three of them mm. went back to his place. Yeah. And the guy's rubbing on his knob, and he's trying yeah. to get on the chick. Yeah. Wow, that's weird. You know, a lot of girls yeah. are into uh, gay porn. Yes, I've heard that. Heard- or I've heard them say that. I, I tend to not believe them. Or I tend to think they're maybe watching very, very sanitized gay porn. Well, you know? <laughs> I have a theory on it. Yeah. I have a theory. It's like, there's a lot of girls that don't like porn, mm. and they don't like the fact that you watch porn. And so when you suggest like, well, let's watch porn together. They're like, okay, how about you pick porn tonight and then I pick the porn next time. And then the next time they pick like gay porn and you're like, oh, I'm not obviously not into this. Well, I'm not into the porn you like either. So let's just not watch porn. This has happened to you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've had like two girlfriends yeah. that have used that strategy. Yeah. Of like, okay, we're not going to watch porn then. Because uh, porn- I want I mean, I've done that, but porn for me is a very solitary experience, you know? I I don't sometimes I yeah. like it when a girl's just like we gotta watch porn but mm-hmm. the chances of us having the same predilection when it comes to porn is pretty yeah. slim right you know yeah. yeah they don't like barnyard animal porn <laughs> they they also don't like the uh, the my car is stuck in the mud can you help me get it out porn <laughs> where no one actually has sex or undresses in any way do you ever see that porn where you, they go through like fast food windows and the girl's got cum on her face. And no. she's like ordering food. That's and a it's, thing? It's a thing. Oh. It's like she, they show the girl in the parking lot sucking the guy's dick. Yeah. He blows his load in her face. Then they go through like McDonald's drive through and the, the person's just like, uh, here's your food. <laughs> I could it's see- humiliating for her because she's got coming in her face ordering food. I wouldn't jerk off to it, but I could see the appeal. Because I can the understand <laughs> the appeal. I can understand the appeal. Yeah. All right. You're going to try that. Boy, and I'm like, you know what, mate? I don't think it's going to happen. I'm sorry. But I, yeah, I, I did hear later on that night, he, he ended up around my mate's house on his knees, crying his eyes out, begging to suck my mate Matt's dick. So Ooh. nice to hear that, you know, that there are people out there who have it harder than me. <laughs> if you'll excuse the pun. <laughs> See you later, boy. So he's got a real thing for the straight boys, looks like. <laughs> 
God, how harsh are you there, Twisted Firestarter? Like, totally reject this guy. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's crying, begging to suck other guys' dicks. I guess so. Man. It's a harsh mistress, that Twisted Firestarter. It is. I mean, I, I remember the first time I was in a situation like that. I think I was like 18. It was, Where, like, was like a threesome year. thing? Well, it was my freshman year. It wasn't a full-on threesome, but I was like a... Um, a freshman in college and there was some chick that I kind of wanted to hook up with and she had like one of her like gay friends was over and it was kind of when we were all watching a movie and it was like it was just one of those things where you kind of just look at the situation and assess it and you know how it's going to go down and you're like she's not into me enough to to, to, to fool justify it yeah <laughs> fool around with me like if we're if it's just me and her I just knew it but I think she'd be uh, uh, into the, the novelty of it enough if he were around. So it was like me making out with this chick and him like, you know, touching oh, she, me. Did she want to be like finger Touching himself. Like double no, penetration, no, no, no. you know, nothing like that. Just for, you know, she just, just wanted you, it you was guys a to mess around. It was a make out session. It okay. You know, right, no, no. Right, right, I mean, yeah. I've been in later MFF situations later in life, sure. It's happened, but uh, this was the first time something like that had ever happened, where it was just like, "Yeah, I'll let this guy touch me if I get to fucking make out with this broad," which normally I'd just never so, be able to do. So, did it though? Did it just end at making out, and then everyone just kind of was done? Yeah, yeah, or yeah, did, yeah. So there was no like blowjobs, even. There's no blowjobs, no. So it was just heavy petting. Yeah, it was heavy petting. That was it. Yeah. What's up? What the fuck? How does I was this? 18. It's like blue ball. I was 18, dude. I suppose, yeah. but I mean, I think I'd, I'd just had be sex more frustrated like once before that, you know. Well, that, you so, know, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. That's pretty young to have that type of experience. Yeah. Because now it seems like every kid mm. in uh, high school, like even my girlfriend watches that show Riverdale. They have like three fucking gay characters on that. Mm. So now it seems like you could totally be gay in high school. It's not even weird. Mm. Like, is it even weird to be gay in high school? Um, I, I don't think so. I guess it depends on where you live. Yeah. I think so. I but mean, I think here, like in California, you totally be gay in high school. No one cares. Depends on where you are. I think in provincial places, it's still, you know, it's still kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. you can. But I do think I do think that it's bisexuality is just more they're more amenable to it now than they were back in 1995. Yeah. Oh, you know? they definitely are. Yeah. And and the weird thing is, is like you know, I don't know. I feel like as it, in my day, like when you were young, as long as you like you were unpopular. You pretty much got the experience of being gay in high school because everyone just called You're you a just faggot. An outcast anyway. Everyone just called you a faggot anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, great guys. Yeah, thanks. why not? Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. that that's the one thing. It's like you know, at least in high school, it's hard enough to get laid. So it's like if you're bisexual, then you just mm. increase the odds. I know some guys in you LA know? that just. I met some guys in LA that that you know classify themselves as like uh, gender non-binary. I don't even know what that means. That means like, oh, I'm not, I don't identify with a particular gender, you know, like they're so trying, what are they? they're, they're basically like extraterrestrial, what they call cis males, but they're claiming not to be, to get laid. What does cis male mean? That means like you, like, like oh, you, straight I, person. you identify as a male and you're straight. Okay. Yeah. Both right. of those things. A gender, cis male. Yeah. Um, like so you, what you, you what were born they... male, you identify as male and you're fucking, you want to fuck broads. So what did they? What did what did they? If they're gender non-binary, they're like, well, I, I, they don't identify as the male gender, uh, supposedly, is what they say. But sometimes mm. it'll just be like a guy who looks like me, and they're like, yeah, I'm gender non-binary conforming. So that means you they know? would like have sex with a man or a woman. 
That's it? No, it doesn't even mean about who they'd have sex with. It just means about their, just, they how don't they consider their... their gender. All right. You're not following my point is, they just say this. Most of them, you see them, and it's just the guy who looks like me, and they're saying that. A lot of times, it's just because they, they, women think it's interesting, and they get laid more, you know? Hmm. Yeah. So. I guess I could see that technique. Yeah. It means that you're more mm. open. Mm. You're a more liberal individual. Mm. I can see that. A little enlightened. Right. I, Being just, cis is boring, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it is, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's worked in my favor. But uh, yeah, somebody just called us incels. Incels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Call us incels. It's hard to be an incel when you, when you actually have had a girlfriend right, at one yeah. time. You know? Or also, currently have one. I have advice for incels. If you're an incel... Just pretend you're like a vol cell. What does that mean? Turn around, like a you're voluntarily celibate. You know. I guess and I guess you, you act, could do that. If you exude that, if you act like you're celibate by choice, all of a sudden women want to fuck you. Well, I mean, you know, you if know, you're an incel, why not then try to be gay or be bisexual? Because then you're going to increase your chances you to not be celibate. I guarantee it. Yeah. It'll work. Yeah. So incels should just try to become, become incels pansexual. should try sucking dick. Yeah. That's what they should do. All right. Next call we have here is uh, from Pearl, who uh, has a story from the Taco Bell. We'd like to sit here and talk about sucking dick all night with you if you can, but we have a schedule. To yeah. Meet sorry. Here, so. Come on. We're yeah, keeping yeah. the show going here. All right, Pearl. Good afternoon, daddies. It's Pearl and one the one with the acne gift. Still I have weird. A Taco Bell the daddies. Uh, right. So she works at Taco Bell. Her period gets synced up with the other chicks who work at the Taco Bell, and she excreted some kind of weird mucus from her vagina. Yeah, um, and she, she calls us her, daddies. And she calls us daddies because yeah. she's like 19 or something. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. So. This story about a coworker I think you'll love. So he's gay as fuck and fat as fuck. 300 pounds easy. Ooh. He also has a comedy streak, so he likes to tell, jo- tell jokes and offensive ones too. He isn't your typical weeping gay SJW type of guy. And he- <laughs> that's, that's my brother. Is- weeping gay SJW. He's not though. No. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met a gay guy that was like that. Like a weeping, you know, SJW guy. My brother yeah. told me he hadn't taken a shower in four days. Yeah. Yeah. And he said dudes at his bar, because he works at a leather bar, yeah. prefer that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the musk. Yeah. <laughs> the musky scent of a man. <laughs> don't do that at Taco Bell. Yeah. There's a lot of I'm not gonna ever eat there again the if that happens. That's hard to comprehend, yeah. you know. Right. Sounds very gay. Has the lisp and everything. So everything he says comes out with the same sarcastic tone. And so uh, one time while talking with him, we were talking about the type of morons who say they're like 132nd Native American or 18th Black or some shit. And one of our coworkers, who's a woman in her late 30s who clearly didn't finish high school, talks about that as if it's an oppression badge that she wears on her sleeve or some shit. I went to high school with her kids, and they're mixed race, so that might be why she gets all defensive about her skin color. And she has told her children, like, to, she's told me this, like, she tells her children to kick people's asses if someone got race, uh, races with them. So she's not exactly the brightest bulb in the patch. I don't think beating up people that call you, that call you like, nigger or some shit are really going to help issues with, you know, black-white relations. Anyway. So she beat up somebody that called her the N-word. All right, so that so yeah. the mother was saying if somebody yeah. insults your race, then yeah. you fight them, or you, you beat them up or something. You just you know, don't take it. 
Yeah, I could see. I don't yeah. think that's a bad lesson. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, why not? I don't have a problem is with that. The, is, what I didn't understand, is you the know? mom white? Or is she mixed too? Uh, I think she's not mixed. I think she's white. And her kids are... Oh, and her kids are mixed. I don't know. She, she wasn't clear in the story. Are they um, all juggalos? They're all juggalos. Okay, yeah. all right. That makes sense now. Um, they're down with the clown. <laughs> a lot of, I mean, a lot of juggalos do work at Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. It's been known. It's, it's, it's a fact. And juggalos make fine burritos. It was if, you ever had a, if you have a fresco bean burrito by a juggalo, mm. it's pretty good. That's what the fifth, what the gordito layer is, is clown makeup. <laughs> right. So when talking with my gay friend, he is just digging in on her stupidity, and I chip in with the, well, she can say she is eight inches black at least. And he smacked me on the arm. I mean, have you ever been slapped by a 300-pound gay guy that works at Taco Bell? I could I could say no, although I'm now adding it to the bucket list. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. that sounds like one of Harrison's fantasies. It does, yeah. <laughs> Have you yeah. ever had that fantasy, like going to Taco Bell, getting slapped? No, but like, I do now. You know, <laughs> with just, a burrito in in his I hand could, or just the open hand, now. just open hand. You know, oh, while he's okay. saying something sassy. You know. <laughs> You know, I've actually, I, I, I do like, I genuinely yeah. like Taco Bell. Yeah, I, I do. know you do. You, you I know. do. And I remember like uh, an ex of mine also liked Taco Bell. Mm. And I one time suggested that we somehow, because you know how like some people like to put food with mm. sex. Do you, ever, do you ever do that? Do you ever do like whipped cream or any of that stuff? No. But have you ever had girls that try to go there? Like uh, a may, flavored I, condom or, or food or something like that? I made a suggestion that, that like yeah. we basically just like insert a burrito into her and yeah. I'd eat the burrito out. Like oh. she would just kind of shove it out and I'd okay. eat it. And she was like, she took me really seriously on that. Like How I really put want a burrito up there without it falling the fuck apart. I would just shove it in. It falls apart pretty quick, pretty easily. You know, seems oh, you like can... the burrito is usually bigger than the, you know, I don't know. Do I think get... it depends on the size of the vagina. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> like a chip... We're talking about like a Chipotle size no, burrito? Okay, this is the idea I had. Is just have her like... Basically just mash it in there. And then I would eat it out. Okay. You know, kind of sexy. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, it's radio. I forgot. I'm not I'm nodding my head slowly. Yeah. Anyway, I just did it as a joke. And she was all like, she would bring it up all the time. Like, when are we going to do the Taco Bell thing? Mm. And then I think she was doing it to mock me and to make fun of me. Mm. But I think she also had, like, there's a little inkling of being serious. Okay. We, we never did it. I bet you Pearl's done it. Sure. I bet I you mean, she it's probably some weird way to get an infection from that. You know? Well, I think you can get infection from any kind of food you're shoving up in, in there. You probably yeah. shouldn't do that. Yeah. So how yeast Very infections happen. pH yeah. balance, you know. Although a yeast infection might make that burrito taste better. It's like being hit with a lip dick fish dipped in nacho cheese. So it's hot, sweaty, and it's done like hell. Is, he, is, is she talking about his hand? Yeah, what do you oh, think? Okay, okay. I don't know. You started talking about getting slapped with a burrito, and I well, got mixed up. In I my mind. just if I was to yeah. slap someone yeah. at talk about mm. slapping with a burrito because it'd be funnier. But There's I think nothing she... worse than a limp dick fish. Let me tell you. I just you love know? how descriptive that is. So to the point, I yeah. like it. Yeah. It's like you know, you get you get you get the motel room and everything, and then afterwards you just gotta cuddle with a cod. 
Because it's a limp dick. This guy's slap is like a limp dick fish. (laughs) It's like a sweaty limp dick fish slapping your face. (laughs) Anyway, more stories to come from my time at Taco Bell soon. Like the one where the guy came in from France and had a French accent, but he also had a tattoo of the Taco Bell logo that said Taco Hell instead. Anyway, keep it sick, keep it wrong, have a good day. That's amazing. He, he, what? He had a Taco Bell logo tattoo yeah. that said Taco Hell. Okay. <laughs> mm. That's amazing. They even have Taco Bells in France? Yeah, I'm going to say yes. I'm gonna I know. Say I, I know they have one yeah. in like London. Just one Taco Bell. In all of, the, in all of UK, they have one Taco Bell. That tattoo's not going to age well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think it aged well right yeah. after he got it. Hey, guys, don't you like my AO Hell tattoo? <laughs> you know? <laughs> What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. You know, I love Pearl. I love the Taco Bell stories. Yeah, Pearl's but did, great. You, did she say when she used to work there? I think she still works there. Oh, she still works. That's what That's I want to clarify. Like. Do you still work at the Taco Bell mm. or did you formally work at Taco Bell? Okay. Let us know that, Pearl. All right, we have and one do more they call. just keep replacing the Chihuahua every time it dies? They I think clone? they ground it up okay. into like a new Taco Bell. Lunch mm. item. <laughs> it's on the value menu. Nice. Chihuahua's dick. Yeah. Um, all right. We have one more one more call here. And this actually kind of is a good segue because she was kind of talking about, you know, mixed mixed races and all this. And this guy calls in about race relations. Okay. And very topical. Yeah. Hey, what's up, sick and hey. Uh had a little story I wanted to share with you about, um, I guess, race relations. And that's uh, a topic that seems to be kind of popular these days, or I don't know. Is it still Black Panther? Yeah, ask Roseanne Barr. Yeah. <laughs> this is a kind of popular topic. I don't know. I mean, whatever. <laughs> to that bring equality, I, I don't it's Tucker Carlson here. But anyway, uh, so when I was a kid, I I grew up in. Uh, I have a dream or something. I don't know. You know, I, I guess no. Uh, should not be judged by the color of your, your skin. I guess or whatever. In some pretty rural areas, um, just like I don't know, pretty country. Not a lot of people. Kind of kind of south. Okay, uh, south. In the Kentuckyish area. Oh, okay, got, all right. This is going to be comparable to a William Faulkner yarn. I'm sure. <laughs> so anyway, uh, when I was like 14, I moved uh, to a little a little city called Evansville, Indiana, down in uh, southern Indiana, and uh, met white people for the first time. <laughs> uh, and, you know, like, I wasn't... Where the fuck did you live before? Well, no, you said in the Kentucky area, which is okay. weird because a lot of black people live in the South. Yeah, yeah they do. But maybe yeah. not in Kentucky. I'm sh- yeah, I think a lot do in Kentucky. Do they? Yeah. I don't even know. Mm. Um, how many black kids do you have in your high school? Do you have a lot? I went to two different high schools. So the uh, the second one I went to probably uh, maybe maybe 15%, something like that. Well, that But that was the high school for uh, dropouts, right? Did you go to one for troubled kids? Like it was for tr- yeah, it was Ms. for Peregrine's troubled youth or something. Youngsters, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was an alternative high school, you know, for like 
goth kids who got beat up in public school and uh yeah so if you're too uh, gay to go to a public school you pe- went to the alternative people with tourette's school. syndrome and, uh, <laughs> and hair lips <laughs> people with hiv positive and you know all sorts of so it was an art misfits. school oh and uh raver drug dealer djs and you know, yeah cool. it was an art school it probably a lot school. of hot girls there too there were some I there can imagine real numbers over there. Let me tell you. It was, it was funny because in in Bay and City, I had no idea how to deal with them. In Bay City, where I went to high school, mm. we had like I don't know five black kids, maybe mm. six Jews, mm. maybe I don't know, maybe actually there were probably eight black kids and like six Jews. What it wasn't very ethnically diverse, <laughs> but there were like mm. high schools in the area, like in Saginaw, that were mm. mostly like predominantly black high schools. And so when we'd play football. It was just like, you know, here's a football team full of just white kids and maybe one Mexican and two black guys. Mm. And then you play a team with just like all black dudes and like one mm. white guy. You know, the one white guy's like the kicker. And then it's like we would just get slaughtered. Sure. Like 82 to 6 or something. But yeah, I, I can So it's odd to me that you live in the South and you never encountered any black people. Weird. Racist or anything like that. Like, I. We, you know, fucking, I was just a kid, uh, you know, hanging out with some dudes. We were hanging out, uh, me and some brothers, I guess. And, uh, me and the brothers were, uh, <laughs> a were brother hanging out, as they say. Brother from another mother here, this guy. How's it going? You know, playing, uh, Nintendo LeBron. 64, Super Smash Brothers, and just, you know, having a four way contest. Uh,. <clears throat> Did he had so, a four-way with a bunch of brothers? I think so, yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> Big black Super caucus. Super smash. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, while we're playing the game, these guys are just all like, you know, oh, shit, nigga, fucking got you, nigga. Oh, nigga, 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 nigga. Like, every other word out of his mouth was nigga. <laughs> like he's doing fucking <laughs> Patty Smith at karaoke or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Hmm. So I, I'm new to the neighborhood. I, I want to fit in with these guys. I need some friends. So, like, a guy killed me, and I was just like, Marlon, you nigger. That's well, there, there's... <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's the problem. Record scratch. Crickets. <laughs> you notice, do you notice Eminem? Yeah. Doesn't even use that word. He doesn't. He doesn't even use that word, and there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's you a can't. thing. If you're hanging out with you them, can't. you know, they, they will they will refer to you by the word, but uh, you're not supposed to do it back, you know? No, you can't. You can't. And not to mention, you said also, it with like... you soften the R. Soften the, the if, ER. You're going to try exactly. it, you know? You never know. I've seen dudes get away with it. I've seen like get like Say a, group a nigga. Of, yeah, I've seen like a, a group bunch of black people guys. with like black eyes and maybe one or two white guys, and some of them will say it, and it's like, you know, like it, <laughs> I, it's like know, one of those weird things. It's like, oh, we grew up in the same part of Brooklyn through some government oversight, you know, and now I mean, we can. Say, I you know, guess if you've earned their things. respect yeah. to be able to get to that point, yeah. But I don't think, as a general rule, you yeah. should go around saying right. that well, he word. Didn't, he didn't know. Without, you know he's yeah. a kid. I mean, I call Harrison a kike, I don't know, yeah. three times every show. And it's like, it doesn't matter. You can call me a kike and it's fine. But if one of the non-Jews out there calls us a kike, well, then we got a problem. We got a problem. We got a problem. You know, you're not supposed to do that. I think over the course of this evening, about 10 people on Twitch called us a kike. <laughs> we have a problem here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I'm no, writing but, a letter to the Anti-Defamation League. I would have loved to have seen that, like the faces of the dudes in the room. They're just like, what? <laughs> what did you say? Yeah. <laughs> Awkward. And uh, pretty much the fucking... Everybody stopped what they were doing, looked at me for like a second, was like, oh shit, what the fuck? Incredulity. And they're, they're like, you're not playing Link anymore, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you can only play Princess Peach from now on. You fuck. <laughs> you fucking honky, son of a bitch. You know? I love that word, by the way. Honky? Honky. That's great. Yeah, yeah, I love that word. And then uh, the next thing I know, one person is like fucking choking me out, screaming at me, who's the nigger? How old are they at this point? Well, he said he was in high school. In high school. So he's okay. young. He was like 16 mm. or 17 or something. Getting choked out. Mm. And, wow. uh, yeah, we were, we were friends after that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was, uh, I, don't, I don't know. And, and I, it's a teachable moment. We earned their respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you earned yeah. their respect. Earned, I, I earned the right eventually to, to use the... Uh, Fucking term of endearment, nigga. Uh, without the hard art, ar- <clears throat> the hard art. Ar- exactly. So you can earn it, yeah. Yeah. But it's best to assume no. <laughs> to err on the side of no in general, you know. Yeah. Oh, I think a hard R was my mistake. The hard R. Yeah. You know, I don't even know if you should go with mm-hmm. the uh, the soft, you know, R with that at first until you know these guys yeah. for a while. Yeah. You know? that's probably true. Um. When uh, when I did that, or I don't know, maybe Eminem had something to do with it, because he was really popular back then. But he still uh, doesn't say it. Anyway, that's just a little story about uh, I don't know, race relations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks it. for sharing like there. The story. Yeah, mm. this has been a very topical uh, podcast here. Yeah. We, we talk about bisexuality, Taco Bell. And race relations. That's true. That's yeah. good. That's really good. You learn something every now and then. You know, I think we actually do a service for society. So, see, he learned about race relations from Super Smash Brothers. There's yeah, a lot you you're can right. Learn you can learn. Video you can games. actually learn something from yeah. video games. There you yeah. go. Yeah. They are educational. They very they much really are. are. They very much are. Uh, people can call Stick Around Hotline, 323-522-4032. Um, best way to support the show is be, is by becoming a Stick and Wrong patron. We actually do appreciate that. Just go to patreon.com slash sickandwrong, sign up today, and uh, you will have access to all our bonus content. Because we actually do bonus material specifically for Patreon. One thing Harrison's been doing is we release the entire unedited Twitch video to Patreon. So you get to see all the shit that we do in between, all the stuff that actually doesn't make it to the, the polished final cut of Sick and Wrong. Um, question for you, my yeah. good man. Um, uh, oh, what is the, uh, the hotline for the uh, Sick and Wrong hotline? Oh, it's 323-522-4032. Yeah. Okay. 4032. All right, I'm just putting that up there so these motherfuckers can call it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, please do. Uh, but yeah, go to patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Sign up today. Uh, at the $5 tier, you have access to all our bonus content. We do one extra story, two extra phone calls, and then uh, we release all our outtakes as well and the uh, the entire Twitch video. So we do mm. appreciate the support. Uh, we're planning some big things with uh, Sick and Wrong, uh, but we need money in order to do that. Yeah. So uh, thank you for supporting the show and thank you for listening for all these years. 
Um, finally here, second wrong song of the week. I actually picked this one out. Okay. I had a huge uh, boner for this band. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now, you know what? You know what excited me? You know how sometimes it's like you've been a fan for, of a band for a while, and then you find out they're coming to town, and you're like, well, that's interesting. I haven't heard about this band in a while. I thought about them for a long time. Um, but it turns out this band, the Scientists, who are kind of like an Australian sort of swamp garage band, are playing Zebulon. You been to Zebulon? It's a new venue. It's over like, um, they're playing in September. They've never played LA. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're from like early 80s kind of thing. But anyway, we're going to end the show here with the Scientists set in on fire from their album uh, Weird Love. Mm. Kind of remind me of the Gun Club, sort of Cramp Stooges, that kind of thing. Okay. Excellent band. Totally recommend you checking it out. Uh, people, we'll be back next week with episode 639. Till then, take it sleazy. Why are you so fucking late for, man? The fuck? Uh, thanks. Bye.